is your working life, a show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Karen Schoenbart to the show. Karen, welcome. I'm really excited to dive into a juicy conversation. I know, I know that you're going to share some essential business advice from one generation to the next. So welcome. I'm delighted to join you, Caroline. All right, so let's get started, my dear. You are the CEO of NPD and author of Mom BA. So tell me a little bit about why you wrote the book and what this fabulous title means. I'd love to. So when my daughter started working in advertising, she discovered that she knew all these things that her peers didn't know. She had a competitive advantage. In fact, they would even come to her and ask her for advice on dealing with their boss or dealing with their her, their clients. And she realized that she knew all these things because she basically had me as a live-in mentor. And she said to me, she felt like she got a mom BA. And Then she said, you should write a book so that other people who didn't grow up with a working mother like you could have the same advantages that I've had in starting out in my career. Oh, I love that. I love that. And really, on the top of the book, it just captured my attention right away. It says, ever wish your mother was a CEO. So in this case, your daughter struck it rich, right? Having your wonderful wisdom and advice. So let's back up a little bit. So this audience is vast generationally. I've got 20-somethings. I've got folks that are contemplating retirement. And as you know, it also skews female. About 90% of our listeners are women. So for women that are just starting their careers or maybe vying for a leadership position, What is the first important step for them towards success? Well, Caroline, it's a great question. And these are the kind of questions that MomBA attempts to answer. It's proven strategies from building relationships, dealing with difficult situations, navigating your career, and so on. And very often, it's even the questions people didn't think to ask. So it starts with the basics, like how you show up, how you dress, how you speak, and putting forward your most professional self. So it all starts with a fir- good first impression. You know, Karen, it's fascinating that that you agree, as I do, that first impressions are crucial. We say we make that first impression in just seconds. The wardrobe has changed so dramatically now, especially with young women and young professionals. Any thoughts about how that professional first impression might be different than a social first impression? Absolutely. And one of my mottos is that you should dress the way that matters to the people who matter. So if you're coming on a job interview for me at the NPD group, I expect you to wear business attire. Even though we might be business casual every day, for an interview, I expect someone to show up dressed for business. However, if you're applying for a job in a Silicon Valley startup, then wearing a suit or a dress might not be as appropriate. And so the important thing is to find out. And if you're in a company, to understand the culture and to dress the way that matters to the people who matter. So important. Excellent advice. All right, let's talk about networking. So many people cringe when they hear that word and they hate going to networking events. But you and I both know it's a way to build relationships. So how do we break it down and make it more manageable and less panic-stricken for so many folks? Well, 
I believe, Caroline, that the most important thing is to be prepared in advance. So you're not just walking in, stumbling around, not knowing what to do. If you can get an attendee list ahead of time, that's a good idea. So you can try to target who you want to meet and come prepared with several questions and several topics to talk about. One might be something about the industry that the event is about. One might be about your own business. And one might be something happening in current events, although I might stay away from politics and religion. Uh, So if you come prepared, it's not as daunting. And if it's on a Monday or a Friday, one really great tip is to just talk about the weekend. What did you do last weekend? Oh, I went skiing. Do you ski? Or if it's before a weekend, what are you planning to do this weekend? I'm going to see such and such a movie. It makes it really easy uh, to transition from just a business conversation to an icebreaker or more personal conversation. I like that. And I do appreciate the heads up. Politics and religion, although really uh, enticing and provocative topics, can get off track. So I couldn't agree with you more. Switzerland, play it neutral. Okay, you talk in the book about two types of bosses. So describe those for us and the best way to work with either type of boss. Well, the first thing I talk about in the book is what you think of as a bad boss might not actually be a bad boss. Depending upon where you are in your career, you might need different things. I give an example of having a really nurturing boss at the beginning of my career who then kind of became a stifling boss. And my next boss, who I thought was just really hands off, was exactly what I needed at that point in my life so that I could start to develop my own independence. So the first question is, what is bad and what is good? And then the second thing is, even if you do have a truly difficult boss, I, as I advised my daughter, these are notches on your belt. As you develop your career, you can learn more from your difficult situations and how you handle them than from the easy situations. So how you manage and how you handle that situation with a difficult boss can really be a very growth experience for you. You know, I'm so glad that you said that because the reality is there are difficult people everywhere, whether or not they're your boss. And frankly, the ability to navigate those relationships is imperative to your future career success. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I talk about in dealing with difficult situations is when you're faced with someone who's really, really angry about whatever, the most important thing you can do is listen, listen, listen. I like to draw the analogy of think about they are a glass filled with water right to the top. They will not be able to hear anything that you have to say until they can empty out some of that water and make room to listen. So when dealing with someone angry, I have found over my 30 plus years, the best thing to do is let them vent, uh, ask them questions, make sure they get it all out before you even attempt to come back to them. And then you might not even come back in that same conversation. You might say, you know, let me think about this and get back to you. So then you have time to prepare and be able to be really professional in how you respond back. Beautiful. I really appreciate that time. Take a pulse, breathe, and uh, let it mellow. So in the book, you share so many personal stories and experiences, Karen, and I really appreciate your vulnerability. You said that you were very successful as a sales executive, but you had difficulty transitioning to become a sales manager. So tell us about that journey and that it wasn't perfect, yet you are tremendously successful. Well, it was a very humbling experience, Caroline, because I'm one of these people who's used to getting good grades and and pats on the back for things. And when I made that transition to a manager, I was a terrible manager. 
And the reason I was a terrible manager is because I was used to my success being based on my own performance. And when you make the transition to a manager, it's no longer about your own performance, but it's about your team's performance. And that's a real mind shift that you have to now realize that your success is dependent upon other people being successful. And it's even as simple as not just sitting behind my desk and waiting. They would, people would come in my office and I would be like, how quickly can I get rid of them so I can get back to my real job? <laughs> Whereas I would physically come out from behind my desk and meet in a huddle room or meet at a round table and now give them my full attention because my job now was to help them be successful so that the team could be successful. Very different orientation. Great wisdom. You know, you said something in the book that I think rings so true, and it's that most people won't remember the problem or the difficult scenario, but they will remember how it was handled. So tell me more about that. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Caroline, because when we were just talking about letting people empty their glass and dealing with difficult situations, almost Every single time I can think of, people don't remember the exact problem or the situation. What they really remember is how you handled it. Were you professional? Were you calm? Were you thoughtful? And so when you're in the middle of one of these bad things, try to pause and think about, this is a notch on my belt in my career journey. And how I handle this is what's really going to be remembered, not the exact problem at hand. And I found over the years that to be a really helpful way of putting things into perspective when you're in the middle of something that's not very pleasant. Excellent. So Karen, I'm going to bring it up, the illustrious work-life balance, but I am of the mind that balance is really hard to strive for because that uh, often comes with the misperception that it's equally balanced. I like to say work-life integration, and I know you have some very particular thoughts about work-life integration, so tell me about that. Well, I'll quote Oprah Winfrey, who said, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Got it. And I would start with, it's really critical for each and every person to decide what having it all means to you, because it could be very, very different. For me, it was really important to have a family. I'm happily married for 30 plus years. I have two fantastic kids. And I have this career, which actually surprised me in my life that it became so successful. But those were the things that were important. Now, that's not to say that I didn't have to sacrifice things. I barely found time to read the newspaper. I didn't watch television. I didn't work out. The only friends I had were friends who had kids my kids' ages. And, um, And so there were other things that obviously had to give. But it's important for each person to decide what having it all means to them what's important. And then the other thing I would just say, and I know this is talked about so much, Caroline, and I've heard it, I've heard you talk about it, is trying to be able to compartmentalize and be present in your present. So when I'm at work, I've always been pretty much, you know, try to really focus unless there's an emergency at home, I'm at work. And when I'm home, and now that's the harder part with always being connected, to really discipline yourself to disconnect so that you can be wherever you are at the time and not always be spending your life being distracted and being someplace else. And did you find that you had to train the people that you worked with about those digital boundaries or was that something that they took your lead and saw you as a role model? 
Uh, it's a combination. You know, I had a boss who used to send emails on the weekend, and it was just, it wasn't that he needed a response, but because he sent it, everybody felt compelled to respond. And then before you know it, there's like exponential number of emails over the weekend. And his motivation was he just wanted to clean out his own email. So I taught him how to timestamp his emails to go out Monday morning. And now I've got a lot of us doing that if it's a non-urgent matter. Yeah, you walk in Monday morning, you get a lot of emails, but that's a lot better than getting them on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Excellent technique. I love that. So let's segue. Good opportunity to talk about men. I know that you believe that having uh, men as sponsors and mentors is incredibly important in addition to extraordinary women who empower us throughout our careers. Tell me about your personal experience in that regard. Well, I'm glad you raised that. Um, So certainly women need to support women, and we talk all about that all the time, and women need to mentor women and support women. But Caroline, the reality is that the statistics are that there's still many, many more men in senior positions in this country and in this world than there are women. And so to the degree that you can um, find senior people, men or women, who are willing to sponsor you, who see something in you, who believe in you, and who push you forward in your career, uh, that is really important. I don't mean creepy men. I just mean there are yeah. plenty of good men out there um, who are supportive of women. And I've had that fortunate opportunity. The owner of my company, who's been my boss now for a long time, believed in me even when I didn't believe in myself and pushed me into roles of increasing responsibility. And I'm, I'm tremendously grateful for that. And so it's it's really important to, uh, and, and the way that you get known is by stepping up, by volunteering, by getting involved in things and getting noticed. And so if you're noticed by somebody senior, male or female, it's really important to tap into those relationships. I really appreciate the simple math that you just shared that the reality is, at least right now, there are more men in senior leadership positions. And yes, we're working to change that and women are taking on more leadership roles. But right now, there are more guys in those roles. So the math tells us, get out there and have the men champion the women as well. Yeah. And just to be careful, there's, there is this difference between mentors and sponsors. It's been spoken about. A mentor is someone that you feel really comfortable, that you can say, here's where I'm failing. Here's where I need your help. A sponsor, you don't necessarily want to do that with. The sponsor is someone who believes in you and who is going to help move your career along. And so the relationship you have with a sponsor is a little bit more show what you're good at, step up, help him or her be successful, as opposed to that kind of always asking for advice mentorship. So I think it's important to know that distinction. Excellent. Thank you for clarifying that. So Karen, as we wrap up, let's talk about promotion and advancement. What are your thoughts about how one can stand out and get noticed when they're seeking advancement and promotion opportunities? Well, I'm a real believer in stepping up volunteering and stepping up, stand out of the crowd, show people that you're the one to watch. You're the one that's willing to go above and beyond. Now, you still have to do your regular job really, really well. This is in addition to your regular job. It's volunteering to be on committees. It's even volunteering to be a buddy for a new hire. It's offering to lead a lunch and learn on some topic that you have experience in. If you've been fortunate to go to a training, which is a privilege, or a conference, Come back and offer to speak about that experience with others. There are so there are unlimited ways that one can volunteer and step up, and that's how you get noticed. And if you do have a difficult boss or someone you're not getting along that well with, it, this is also a way of getting known broader than in your little 
department or uh, your, your small circle within your job. Karen Schoenbart, what a joy to have you on the show. I'm holding your extraordinary book in my hand called Mom BA, Essential Business Advice from One Generation to the Next. So ladies and gentlemen, I believe the book is is applicable to all, but if your mom is not a CEO, then Karen's your woman. She can help advise you. It's an extraordinary resource. And Karen, I'm correct that it's available on Amazon. Is that the best way for folks to find you? How shall we reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Uh, The book is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and I have a website, Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, Schoenbart, S-C-H-O-E-N-B-A-R-T, and so there's lots of other information out there on the website, too. Fantastic. Karen, thank you so much. I'm grateful for your wisdom and expertise, and I wish you continued success. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Caroline. Now, if you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave a review. And if you have career development questions, let us know, and we'll consider that for a future show. I'm on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins, or you can email me directly at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins.